Hey yo, let me holler at you for a minute. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? If you have, let me tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me break it down for you. Anchor has tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, come here, it's free. Don't let nobody know I told you that. So, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The Wrestling With My Thoughts podcast would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Chance, creating hope and needed care for everyone. Chance provides outpatient counseling services for individuals with mental health and addictive disease needs. At their clinics, you'll be assessed to determine your specific treatment needs. The staff at Chance then works together with you, your family, your community partners, and other supportive people that you choose to develop your strengths, skills, and self-determination that will allow you to live an empowered life. If you or someone you love is in need of the care and services offered by Chance, please contact them at 877-393-8184. Or you can email them at contactus at chancecreatinghope.org. For more information, please visit www.chancecreatinghope.org because everyone deserves a second chance. Brandon, see that you're on. Waiting on Mr. Kurt. I'm going to try not to bust out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Curtis, how you doing, sir? Good. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, um, Wrestling With My Thoughts hasn't put out any new content in a little over a month now. Curtis, uh, Brandon, and I did put out our Good, Bad, and Ugly of uh, StarCast this year, StarCast 5. All three of us attended. Uh, So on that trip, we also had a conversation about all of us doing a podcast together. And Kurt brought up the idea that uh, with the podcast already being named, um, wrestling with my thoughts and the fact that I was looking to put out different content, um, a different format for the show. He suggested that the three of us get together and do a wrestling podcast. Um, I thought that was a great idea. And so here we are today. So going forward, wrestling with my thoughts, it's not to say we won't ever stray off the topic of professional wrestling, but uh, wrestling with my thoughts will be a podcast for wrestling fans by wrestling fans and as you heard me talking to these gentlemen just now i would like to introduce you to the 
two new co-hosts of the show. Uh, Brandon, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone if you don't mind, sir. All right. Hey, what's up, y'all, everybody? Um, my name is Brandon, and um, I don't really like to talk about myself much, but I've been a wrestling fan since I was six years old. So um, wrestling is something that is a very big part of my life. Still is, and I'm pretty much going to the grave with this thing. Um, really, I appreciate you for having me a part of it, and I'm looking forward to doing this every weekend because I do. Um, it's it's rare to find people to, that you know like to talk about wrestling and then go deep off into it. So I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, yeah, man. No problem, man. Definitely looking forward to it too. The next co-host, some of you may remember Kirk from one of uh one of our my previous episodes. Um that had to do with the Chris Rock and Will Smith situation. And I got a ton of positive feedback about Kurt. Um, so if you're familiar, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. And uh, Kurt, reintroduce yourself to everybody as the host, one of the hosts of the show. So uh, thank you for having me. My name is Curtis. I've been a wrestling fan since I was about eight years old. I used to go to my aunt's house to the year live next door to my grandmother's house. And she always had it on. Watch the old Miss South and, the old Mid-Atlantic. So I've been a fan ever since then. And my favorite wrestler was Dusty Rose and Magnum T.A. All right. All right. And those of you that have been listening to the show for any length of time, you know who I am. But for new listeners, I'll go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Ron. Um, I've been a wrestling fan literally for as long as I can remember, but probably a- around the same age as Kurt, somewhere around six to eight or seven to eight, something like that. Um Grew up watching the old Jim Crockett promotions, um, NWA, and as it morphed into uh, WCW. Also used to watch uh, a lot of the territories, thanks to Joe Pettacino and his show. And uh, favorite wrestler, uh, I would probably say Sting. Um, I know that may not be the, the popular choice of everybody, but it's definitely a choice for me. And... Um, Man, I'm excited to do this. I'm excited to do this. I've wanted to have um, regular either uh, co-hosts or or guests or something, and um, I'm definitely happy to have you two on board, and um, I want you two, from me to you two, to understand that this isn't my podcast anymore. This is our podcast, so you you are definitely uh, part of the the new Wrestling With My Thoughts family. I'm kind of surprised you um, chose Sting. That shocked me. <laughs> yeah, well, the reason for that, Kurt, is, I mean, I've, I've got others, but Sting was always one as a kid that I just, like, to use a wrestling term, I would mark out for every single time. Now, of course, I had guys like Flair, Dusty, Magnum, all of those guys, but if I had to say one as a kid that, that was my favorite, I would probably say Sting. Okay. Well, you know what, Ron? That makes two of us because, well, I forgot when we was doing our intros, I forgot about this part. But I'm a product of the Monday Night Wars. So my version of the thing that I came in on was the Crow scene. However, um, my brother introduced me. He used to bring home these tapes. So that's my it got introduced to Surface thing. My first introduction to Surface thing was watching Russell War 89. And then they had the um we had that tape from uh, I think it was Beach Blast '92 with Sting versus Cactus Jack and I didn't know that that was Mankind at the time and all that. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't I didn't know nothing about the three faces of Foley at all. I was just like, who was it? 
you know. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so um, Curtis and you know our other brother, um, our other brother back here at home, um, those are the ones that gave me the, the education with the old school wrestling, and that's how I'm able to know a lot of the history of it. But yeah, Sting was one of my um, Sting was one of the first guys that really got my attention. Um, Sting, Ric Flair. And that was around, I think that was around the time when Goldberg came out as well. All I mm-hmm. think was bald head dudes sparing holes through people. And, um, yeah, I, and, then, I and, then fi- and then finally we ended up getting cable and then I was introduced to the WWF. So, yeah. And that's what I'm looking forward with, with Brandon since he's younger, a younger generation to bring him back to the how the old wrestling was back in the day to go back and have him watch that and see how we got addicted to it. Yeah. And, and to be honest, um, Kurt and I are this uh, around the same age. Brandon's a little bit younger than us, and um, you know maybe he could give us, maybe he can point out to us something that we're missing for some of this new stuff. Because as Kurt and I, Kurt and I have discussed personally before, um, we're not a fan of a of a lot of the stuff that is being put out right now. So, um, like you, Kurt, I am I am uh, happy to have Brandon as part of his show. So. You know, to, to get that younger generation uh, opinion and, and point of view on today's product versus because I can tell you now, Brandon, uh, me and Kurt will probably come off like some grumpy old man. Yeah, I already do. <laughs> <laughs> like, so especially, especially, Kurt, especially Kurt is like, you know, like so it ain't no shock to me. I'm like, OK. <laughs> Kurt yeah. is like that with sports in general. So <laughs> he's like a grumpy old man. I'm just like, you don't like nothing. and i remember staying back in the uwf um brandon if you get a chance and you can find some uh because wwe network doesn't carry the uwf stuff uh, if you get a chance check out online some of the uwf stuff when he was a tag team partner with what became the ultimate warrior that were they were the blade runners correct that's correct that's correct i'm I'm, I'm familiar like, now, I don't want to say. I'm not gonna. Now I don't. I've watched a lot of the older stuff, especially like you know on YouTube and stuff before the network came out. So some of the a lot of the older stuff I'm familiar with. I just haven't like sat down and watched like in episodes and see all the storylines and everything. But a lot of the big matches and some of the tag teams from back in the day, I'm very I'm familiar with already. Okay. I just haven't. Okay. I just haven't sat down and just. You know, ingested it all the way, but I'm 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 very much familiar with them. Um, when it comes to sports in general, I'm kind of a historian, so I like to go back and see how stuff kind of came about and how we got here today. So it's kind of like I can I can I can I can take I can kind of gauge both sides of it. Yeah, I mean, and and as much as I say, Kurt and I may come off as some grumpier old old men. Um, I'm sure there's going to be stuff about the the old product that you may not like. Because today's stuff moves just moves so fast yeah. that a lot of times, and we'll talk about that here when we do the review of the shows, but stuff moves so fast that you really don't have time to register some of it. So right. with some of the older stuff, you'll see, uh, um, in most cases, a much slower pace, but in my opinion, a better match and a better ability to tell a story with a match. Right. And it seemed more realistic. I give you that. It seemed it seemed more it seemed at times it seemed like it was a little bit more realistic as far as like if you uh perform a move, you perform a body slam on somebody, like that's supposed to hurt. 
Nowadays, mm-hmm. you perform a body slam on somebody, they write back up in like 0.5 seconds, like nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's yeah. that's something that I definitely um yeah, before we get into these reviews, man, um, I gotta tell y'all, I Kurt, I don't know how you felt, but watching five hours of wrestling this week, back in the day that would have been like my dream week, but it felt like torture this week. And that's why I said it was gonna be painful. <laughs> I could not yeah. wait for Monday Night Raw to be over. I was that's actually why I said it was gonna be painful. So that, <laughs> and that's something we we might want to just um, as we keep moving forward, just talk about. Do we? You there, Kurt? Yeah. Brandon, are you there? I'm still. Okay, I can't hear Kurt. Yeah. But uh he's back. Yeah, we hear you. Okay. I don't know what just happened, man. <laughs> hey man, like I like I said with the uh, with the show we did last time, Kurt, this is high quality shit. <laughs> top, <laughs> top quality production. Um but but you were saying, Kurt, going forward about doing reviews or whatever. Yeah, man, we wanna just uh like one week we say we'll watch um let's say we watch WWE Monday and then the next week we'll say we'll watch um Dynamite on Wednesday, then the following week we say we'll watch um either SmackDown or, or Rampage that Friday. So we can just get an agenda going on how we want to do it. Because that yeah. is a lot in one week. I I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, back in the day it, it would have been my dream. To sit yeah. back and get we we were jonesing for for five hours worth of wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but this week, man, I yeah, we'll get into it. When we do the review because I fell what? asleep. I fell asleep last night on Rampage. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I, I didn't. I didn't even make it to ten o'clock. <laughs> they they. Sorry, got, hey, it's I crazy. Didn't make it to ten o'clock. Um, I understand why why SmackDown has a show on Friday because WWE is a global brand and it's on a major network. But I don't understand why a, a, B, a B show like Rampage is on on a Friday, knowing that that's the, you know, everybody's heading into the weekend. It's payday for a lot of people. I don't know. I just think Rampage on Friday was a bad decision, in my opinion. That I agree. Saturday morning show. Because I miss, I ain't gonna lie, I miss Saturday morning wrestling. Then it could be. Even though I can't even be. though I came in on the tail end of it. I remember um the live wire superstars that used to come on on Saturday mornings back in the back in the late nineties or whatever. But I think but you know, I know a lot of people online, they're like, Man, we need another Saturday morning show because that was like a part of a lot of y'all's a lot of folks' childhood as well. So yeah, you know, that, yeah, that, that Friday night is tough, especially when you know most of us are getting up going out or you like me. Been dealing with kids all day. You come home and crash, and I don't make it to ten o'clock. And you know, I, it, it would be nice to get up on a Saturday morning and watch it. But um, I was going to make a suggestion because what I do is I just DVR everything. So what I do is I DVR everything, and then I'm on Twitter a lot. So I just go and just try to see what the highlights were. And as I kind of cycle through, I just cycle through all the stuff I really don't too much care about. And I just try to check out the highlights, so that way you, you know you get the gist of the show. So that might, might be a suggestion for y'all. If y'all have, yeah. DVD, if y'all have a absolutely, DVD, absolutely, and then and it'll help out. And it'll cut and it'll cut like so, especially with Monday Night Raw. It's so long and dry, but you know it, it'll cut like a lot of the middleman out. So by the time you actually get to the good stuff, you're not exhausted. Uh huh. 
I do that with the pay per views as well. Well, oh, excuse me. Oh, what do they call it now? Never mind. Pay per view. Well, uh, let's see. Do y'all want to go ahead and, and start on the reviews, and then we can talk about uh, everything else afterwards as we so go I through think, this? I think we need to just give them, because I still want to do the good, bad, and ugly from the Ric Flair last match yeah. on what y'all thought. Thank you. Thank you. I'm and glad you we, And then we can do the reviews of the shows. Uh, all right, Kurt. Well, you brought it up. Go ahead and start with your good, bad, and ugly. So I think my good was just the fans on how everybody was – just so hyped up and energized throughout the night. I thought the bad was that facility, it was terrible. It's run down. They need to they need to blow that whole building up. They smell like just burnt grease all night. <laughs> and then my ugly was Ric Flair. He he don't never need to get back in the ring and wrestle again. Never. I was like, I, I hope this is it for him, and he never get back in the ring and do anything. That was just, it was, it was terrible. That was my ugly. It was him. Bro, I told you I was gonna try that to lay. <laughs> well, I mean, to to good, bad, and ugly. I I agree with you on the good. Um, I I didn't with the facility. I was surprised at what it looked like on on in the actual arena versus what it looked like on the outside. Um, I thought it was a, a decent arena in, in terms of the inside. Once you got into where the seats were, the outside and then the the uh, the concourse, I guess you would call it. Yes, I agree. That that stuff is. Old. Um, let's see. Uh, my good, bad, and ugly. My good is like like Kirk said, just the overall vibe of the night. Um, fans were hyped, fans were excited, um, and it it never it never really died down. And I haven't seen, for me personally, I haven't seen, been to or seen a show where everybody's just hype about everything from start to finish. Um, my. I, I would. I, I don't feel. I, well, I don't feel as strongly as Kurt, but I. I don't wish to see Ric Flair wrestle ever again. Um. He. He. You know. I didn't expect a great match. I didn't expect him to look like the Flair of old. Um. But I did expect him to look like a seventy-plus-year-old man, and he looked like that, and then some. Um. For as much as they talked about cardio, cardio, cardio with Ric Flair, um, he was sucking wind. And, uh, you know, it's to be expected that the man's in his 70s. But, yeah, I would agree. That would, that would be my ugly, too. I was excited to see the match. And it pretty much was what I thought it was going to be, which was a, a, a somewhat entertaining shit show. But, um, yeah, I agree. I don't want to see Ric Flair in the wrestling ring wrestling ever again at this age. My ugly, uh, my ugly actually has nothing to do with the show. Um, as Kurt knows, Brandon got to know me a little bit over this trip. Um, I'm, I'm hearing impaired and visual, visually impaired. And so when we got to the arena, I was sitting in a different area than Kurt and Brandon. So when I went through the tunnel to get to my seat, um, I realized once I walked up on my seat, I couldn't really see my way to the seat 
And I walked up to a, a staff person and explained the situation to them and asked if they might be able to give me a hand. Long story short, I had a, a, a huge anxiety attack. Um, but thankfully, a, another staff person that I was able to get, you know, flagged down or whatever, was very helpful and helped me get to a seat with no problem. But that was my ugly man. I mean, someone comes to you in distress and needs help because they're visually impaired and, and you act like a jackass. Um, it says a lot about you as a person. So that was my ugly. That was the only thing that really bothered me because I missed when we first got there, fellas, I missed a good chunk of that uh, that battle royal because I was trying to get to the seat. I was having the anxiety attack and all of that. And hindsight being 2020, if I knew what I know now, you could have just came and sat with us because yeah. there really wasn't no designated seat for anybody. There wasn't a designated seat at all. So we just could have count. We just could have found three sitting, which yeah, would have been it wouldn't have been hard. We found three sitting. No, we could have. We definitely could have did that because once we sat down, I was like, they because they were trying to have me and Brandon go upstairs. I said, we're not going up there. Nope. <laughs> we paid to sit down. We paid to sit down low and. We sitting down. I said, we sitting. I said, we sitting. I said, Brandon, go over. I said, we sitting right here. I said, we're not going up there. Yep. <laughs> and and you know what? I like. I don't hold any anything to you guys at all because. No, no, no. Uh, I'm Brandon, just saying if we if, if we knew if we, if we knew then what I know now, we could have been like, come on, all those can sit together. But we didn't know. Well, right, right, and I and I get that because um, see, so now you all have kind of seen that that side of my struggles. Um, me and Kurt have a, a mutual friend, Dexter, who, who saw me one night with my struggles with vision. He was like, okay, now I see. Now I understand. And I know how to better help you or whatever when we're in this situation. So it's the same thing here. Like, I don't, like you said, hindsight being 2020, we, we could have made some different decisions and, and did things differently. Um, but I did love where I, where I was sitting. Uh, where I was sitting was, was really good. Um, the people around me were were friendly. They were um, like everybody else into the show. So, uh, all right, Brandon. So, how about you, man? What's your good, bad, and ugly of the Ric Flair's last match? All right. Um, my good was the overall the overall experience uh, from the uh, Starcast convention all the way down to the match. The, <clears throat> just the overall experience. I think that was my first time, like actually. Parlaying through, I've been to Nashville a couple times, but I never really just got to experience it. So that was like my first experience, and so you know that was cool. Um, and you know, going to uh, see one of my personal items was Ric Flair. So that that was that was all good. I could go on for days about that. Um, the bad, like uh, Kurt and Ruin, I don't ever want to see Ric Flair in the ring again. There was a couple times where I legit got scared for him. Like that's my own granddad. And he was out there sucking wet. I think I remember seeing somewhere that he said that he legitimately passed out in the ring. Um, yeah, he did say that. He, he, he passed out that. in he passed out in the ring, and I think I know when because he was looking down like he. Was... You still there, Brandon? That was my bad, and my ugly. Yeah, that facility is right. That facility looked like something from 1958. It's about time to they need to do some upgrades to it. But I will say how they put it together on the inside, um, where the ring was and the set and everything, you wouldn't have been able to tell. But yeah, that's a um that, that facility is pretty it's 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 pretty old, but it also kind of gave it an old school feel. 
Um, so yeah, that's my ugly. I didn't really have nothing. The overall show, I didn't really have nothing too bad to say about it. No, I thought the show. Yeah, I thought the show was put together real good. I, I tell you something that that surprised me. Um, watching, and and this will be on the AEW review, but watching guys uh, like Ray Phoenix, the Luchadors, that match with the Luchadors in person, I thought it was a very good match. Absolutely. I I normally don't uh, like a lot of that stuff. I I just think on TV it doesn't translate as well as it does in person. I agree. Uh, because that dude El Toro. Um, now I thought his his mask or headpiece or whatever was a little ridiculous for a wrestling ring, but that dude can move to be the size he is. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, the the Luchador match really uh, really surprised me by how good it was and how into it I was. I knew it was gonna be a good match when I saw Ray Phoenix on the card because I'm a big I'm a big fan of Ray Phoenix. I like when I, I think, when I saw Ray Phoenix, I said, "Oh, oh, that's gonna be a hell of a match right there." Because at first, I was like, oh, I don't want to see no losing. I said, "No, Ray Phoenix is the man." What? And, and it, you know what? And, it, and you're right. Cause I, I, I believe that's the first time I seen a Luchador match. Besides maybe watching Rey Mysterio at a WWE show, that's the first time I saw a Luchador match like in person. And it, yep. it was off the hook. So yeah, that was yeah, first that, time that, I saw that was my one favorite match of the night. Yeah. What was that thought, match the whole night? I said that 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 it was a good match to me as well. That's the best. Um, like I said, I thought the show was put together real good. Yeah, I think. Um, and I know he had a lot of help, but he was the promoter. I think Conrad, for this being his first wrestling card, uh, that he promoted was a very to me a very good card. Yeah. Um, I got the sneaking suspicion listening to, uh, my world this week that. There's something to come with Jared and Conrad on a uh, on a potential promotion. They didn't say that outright, but they just they just keep hitting around about a lot of things. And I know that Jared left uh, left WWE a few days ago, a week ago, or whatever it's been now. So I think they're cooking up something on that side of things. So so I, you know I got a, I got the opposite feeling because Conrad was like you know at like just talking about the show he'd never do it again. He's like that's my first time and last time doing. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did say that. I just, I don't know what's going to do. I just don't know what. Um, but Kurt, the uh, you asked about the the previous show, uh, last week's show, and you are right. That Dusty Rhodes spot was hilarious. <laughs> whacking I gotta off go back and listen to it in a trash can. Yeah, I still haven't, I haven't had that no, not it. not whacking off, uh, beating off. Oh yeah, oh. That's what, and that made that's what made the title of the show make sense to me because that yeah. was coming heavy enough in the trash can. <laughs> Brian, you got you got to go listen to that man. I'm, as a matter of fact, while I'm uh, straightening up the crib before I dip out later on, I'm gonna go on and listen to it. Yeah, if, at, at the twenty eight minute mark, the twenty eight minute mark. Okay, twenty eight minutes. How Conrad called. Uh, uh, Jerry Jarrett on getting mad at, at Jerry Lynn for cussing, but then they put a porn star on the show. Yeah. And you <laughs> beaten off in a trash can. <laughs> Man, yes. So, wow. for those of you listening, all three of us are uh, really big fans of, of wrestling podcasts as well. And uh, so you'll hear us from time to time mention something that we heard on another show. Um, and I, I 
necessarily want to put those other shows over too much. We're trying to build something ourselves. But um, these are that we're listening to and they're talking about the stuff that we like. With that said, the guy that helped host Jim Cornette's drive through this week, um, I can't remember his name now, but Brian wasn't, wasn't co-hosting this week. It was another guy. And I didn't even finish listening to the show. It was just flat to me. Corny was still good, but the show just wasn't the same. Uh, that guy was flat. So, all right. So what you guys want to get into now? You want to get into the reviews? We can. Yeah. All right. Um, we can start with Monday Night Raw. I probably took, because I write talk way too much sometimes, so I probably took way too damn many notes. But um, Trish Stratus opening the show, um, I know why they did it. Um, they're in Toronto, so I know why they did it. But one thing I had, the, the question that was banging around in my head the entire time she was out there was, how long can can WWE continue to rely on and go back to the people from the Attitude Era? I mean, those a lot of those people are either our age or older, Kurt, um, and they rely on them to, to get a rating, to get a pop. To me, that diminishes anybody, for them to continually do it, it diminishes, to me, what they're trying to do with who's on the roster now. <clears throat> And I don't know how long they can continue going back to those people. So it's kind of ironic you brought that up because I was listening. To, I forgot what podcast I was listening to this week, and they did bring up that and said after after they stopped using the the um that that group, what what are they going to be able to do next? Yeah, and somebody asked that. So it's kind of ironic you brought that up because somebody did bring that up as well. Yeah, because there's, I mean. In my opinion, there's no – and when I say today's star wrestlers, I'm not including Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar was part of the Attitude Era too, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, today's – I would go more ruthless aggression. I don't – there's anybody today, 20 years now, they can bring back that's going to that's gonna give them what, say, the Rock or Stone Cold give people now when they come back. Brandon, you got an opinion on it? Um, well, for Brock, I don't know if it, it came over, but you know, for Brock, I would go more ruthless aggression than attitude there because he came like right. Um, it's like he's right on the big tail end, and he's like the start of the new generation or whatever. But today, Brock is still a star, so you can put him on any show, you're gonna sell tickets. He's still a star, and he can still go on the ring, so I don't mind seeing Brock at all. Um, but as far as the opening segment with uh, Trish, it was cool when they started the women's evolution and they brought a lot of those older women back because I felt like those were the building blocks and it was special. But now, I'm like, I, I mean, you know, hey, Trish Stratus is still fine and everything, but I'm like, I don't need to see Trish Stratus in a wrestling. That's not something I'm going to pay to see. Um, I would like to see a lot of the new stars um, become bigger stars, even if they go back and beat some of the legends. All right, cool. I cool. I, I would like to see the shine come on the newer stars. I think there's a lot of, I think it's a lot of um newer stars that deserve a lot of that shine that's going on. That's you know coming out now. So I mean, I don't need to see. I don't want to see a 50 year old Goldberg trying to fit. No, I don't want to see that no more. Now, we've been there, done that. <laughs> when he came back, 
when he came back, however long ago that was, to promote that video game, and he did that one match, he beat Brock for the title, and went all the way to WrestleMania, that was cool as shit. But that should have been the end of it. <laughs> because they kept bringing him back, bringing him back, bringing him back. I'm like, no, because he's past his prime now. And I've got to see the entire thing. No, he's not the same Goldberg anymore. I want to see the Goldberg back from 98. That's what I want to see. You know, but but you know, but it was cool when he did that little run with the video game and he won he beat Brock in like 15 seconds and won the title and everything. That was cool as hell. And you know, I ain't gonna lie, I was I was I marked out for that because it's like I'm reliving my childhood again. But I don't I didn't I don't need to see that over and over. I don't need I definitely don't need to see the Undertaker come back. I don't need to see none of those old timers come back. Um if the Rock is gonna come back, I just need him to do that match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and that's it, let it go. Because I feel like their time has come. I feel like their time has come and it has passed. And now it's time to let some of these young guys come on up and make a name for themselves as well. And maybe we'll be able to invest more into the product. Um, side note, I feel like I don't know about y'all, but what do you all think about um, Triple H taking over? How do you think? Do you think that the quality of the shows have improved overall over the last month? It's hard to create them. Well, the the only shows I've watched recently have been this past Monday and most of the Monday before that. Um, So I can't really say, honestly, that there's been a huge difference from what I've seen in the past till now. Mm -hmm. Um, I can see a a few differences, but nothing that makes me want to rush back to watching Monday Night Raw on a regular basis, if I'm being honest. No, I, Um, I I agree with that. I don't. I don't think that. Um, I don't think that they're going to be able to go back to the old wrestling product, and that's something that I wanted to bring up a little bit later. But we can jump into it now. Um, I think that there's, right now the WWE is generating too much money doing what they're doing to ever go back to actual uh, what what I would call actual wrestling shows. Um, there's just too much money being made now. Nobody's going to upset the, the Apple cart as long as they continue to make millions of billions of dollars. Yeah. So I think there'll only be so much that Triple H can do. Now, with that said, I do think that when he was in charge of NXT, to me, prior to the Adam Cole era, I'll call it that, um, that was still good, but that, that era between after uh, the guys in the Shield came up and before the Adam Cole era, to me, that little stretch right there, NXT, was phenomenal. It was the best wrestling program on TV, in my opinion. And it was hard to find, too. So maybe he can he can take that and, and bring it to the – the Raw roster, I don't know if that's going to translate because I think what's hurt some of those people has been now they're in a system where they're given promos to to recite and, and repeat and regurgitate. They're, they're not having to think for themselves, so the spontaneity is not going to come up. Um, so we'll see. Um, I'll, I'll have to hold off my, my I guess, rating of how who's doing after I see a few shows. I just don't think there's a whole lot he can change right now with with the the WWE being a publicly traded company and millions and millions of dollars being made. Yeah. Um, 
I've gotten to see for the most part ever since Triple H took over. I've watched bits and pieces of it every week. And just you know, just try to catch it. I will say this. Um it, number one, it's a slow burn. But I believe that Triple H is trying to run the shows like he did those old NXT shows. When NXT was at its peak. And you can kind of tell like when the wrestlers do get number one, he's letting the wrestlers go actually go out there and wrestle. Like actually go out there and like wrestle for real. He's letting them do that. And the promos have gotten exponentially better because now it almost seems as if it's like back in the day when they just gave, well, okay, you're going to hit these certain little bullet points and then you go be yourself. And it's like you, you can go out there, you, you watch, like, say, Drew McIntyre did a promo on Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre did a promo like a week or two ago. And it didn't feel scripted at all. It's like they were actually like talking like regular people, but you know, just up to the umpteen power. Um, so. Those are the little, it's, it's real subtle, but you can tell, like, Triple H, you can tell, like, this is not a Vince McMahon product anymore. You get what I'm saying? Because some of that stuff didn't make sense. Like, I don't think, I don't feel like Vince actually really let them get out there and wrestle, but now they're actually getting out there. The wrestling content is far better. And they're actually letting them get out there and talk and speak the way they, they cut promos the way they're supposed to cut promos. So... It's been an improvement overall, but I, I can't stick through three hours of raw. That's too hard. <laughs> I can't do it. And I can't really – right now, I can't really see the difference myself. It still seems the same to me, but I, I'll keep trying to watch to see if it get better. Yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be a slow burn because you can't you, – we, we're not going back. People hold on to the attitude there, and I'm like, the attitude area is over and done with. It's time to move on, like. The Rock and Stone Cold are not coming back through that door. Forget about it. It's, and see, for, for, for me as a fan, it's not even – for me, it's not even going back to the Attitude Era because mm-hmm. as I've listened to a lot of other wrestling podcasts, um, some things that are said are, are very, very true because – and what I mean by that is a lot of us kind of reminisce about the good old days, so to speak, of the Attitude Era. But there was a lot of dumb shit in the Attitude Era, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but a, yeah. But a, oh, yeah. But a oh, lot yeah. of that is, is covered up by the fact that you had the biggest wrestling star ever in the industry by today's standards, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Behind him was The Rock. Behind him was Triple H. Behind him was the, all of this. So you, for all of the Katie Vick dumb shit, you had good wrestling promos, good wrestling matches with Stone Cold, The Rock, and all of that. So to me, it's not even, and I'm suggesting this is what you're saying, to me, it's not even going about going back to the Attitude Era. For me, it's about getting back to what wrestling was supposed to be, or what wrestling is supposed to be. Um, I think both AEW and WWE and all of the, the independent organizations, for the most part, have gotten away from what wrestling is supposed to be. And everybody uh, likes to point out, like, I've heard even wrestlers say, well, we're actors on the stage. Okay, you're actors on the stage. How many movies have you watched where the actors kind of poke fun at themselves and ruin the fucking movie (laughs) anyway? So I think there's a way to still put on good wrestling matches and have good promos 
But a lot, so much has changed right now that a lot of the ways the guys used to learn, and I'm saying this never having been through the process, just hearing some of the old timers talk, the, the process that people go through now to get to, uh, let's you know, the, the, Holy, the Holy Land is still WWE because they're paying the most. But to get to that point, the process that they go through is way different than the process used to be. Now, some of that is good. Some of that is bad. Um, here are some of the things that used to go on back in the day. Like, I, I would have taken a two-by-four or a knife to Rick and Scott Steiner had they done to me what they did to some of these people. Uh, so some of that... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so what, 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 so what notes did you take from Monday Night Raw? Because I can't even remember what happened. Okay. Yeah, let's get back to that. We did get kind of get off. That's one thing we got to do. With, we got to do with this show, fellas, because I know all of us love the sport of wrestling. So we 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 get off on our little tangents. Um, but the opening segment with Trish Stratus kind of it ended up morphing into a women's tag tournament uh, match between Dakota Kai, Io Sky, uh, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss. Um, the notes I took down is. Um, one of the things I noticed when anybody does a springboard drop kick, like say AJ or I think it was Alexa Bliss that did it in this match, whoever it was, why do the opponents just stand there? Like they don't move. They the people on the outside of the ring getting ready to do the springboard are standing there for several seconds, Wait and the person in the rings they're not selling, they're not getting up, they're standing there waiting on that person, and when they jump, they take it. That's yeah. the kind of stuff I'm talking about. I think that's that's how they were trained, too, to be honest with you. And and therein lies, to me, part of the problem. You're right. I I agree with you. Um, And then uh, one other note I made here, and Kurt will appreciate this, I think, that nobody knows how to do a DDT anymore. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Nobody knows how to do Now they're all flipping forward on the tops of their heads and and flipping over and all this. That's sad. They don't do side meat and stuff, man. Like, so, hitting the air. And I, I, I know this is going to kind of sound like I'm being an ass, but um, is anybody really excited about the women's tag tournament? No. No. And, and I don't mean that to sound like a, a an asshole, but they to me, they don't have enough women of Charlotte and uh, Sasha Banks and Becky's caliber to really pull this off in a good way. And, and Bianca Belair. I like Bianca Belair. I think she needs to lose the ponytail, but um, so uh, Dakota Kai and Io Sky won the match. Um, Ziggler came out to face um, Finn Balor. Um, I didn't really have too much to say about that. I don't, I don't know if either one of you guys want to chime in. Um, Ziggler's been there but they don't really do anything with him. Yeah, right. so that's why I, I could have swore, and maybe I'm tripping, I thought Dolph Ziggler left and went to AEW. No. No, that's I, that's uh, that's his brother, Ryan Nimmin. Okay, 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 okay. Because yeah. I know they look just alike. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they do. They do. Um, one of the, some of the things I noted in uh, in this match, and it bugs the shit out of me. Um, Lex Luger used to do it really, really often, and it bugged the shit out of me then. But 
Ziggler finds a way to fix his hair and pull up his tights as he's laying down. And that that ruins the whole illusion. Finn Balor won that match with the Coupe, Coupe de Gras. Um, I still don't see how people don't get hurt by that. Me, I, 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 yeah, exactly. I, I, I was literally, I was watching that match. I enjoyed the match. And, and I don't, I I'm surprised anybody got their rears broke behind that. Right. <laughs> I, was on the, I was up on the phone. I was like, man, I was, I'm slipping. And, and my friends like, what are you talking about? I said, man, this dude just jumped off the top rope and kicked him and stumped this dude in the chest. And I'm trying to figure out how his sternum got cracked. Yeah, I mean, that I mean, it's like, a, it's that a, like it hurt and it takes the wind out of you. Yeah, 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 I mean, it's a it's a great finishing move in my opinion. I just don't see how somebody how you don't hurt somebody with that. I don't. Hey, yeah, I've, I've been trying to figure that out since day one. <laughs> like how 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 you not hurt by that? Because not hurt somebody by doing. Gravity's now, not going to let you stop me there and slow down. No. Then let me ask this: Why do people they they cut to a backstage segment? Why do people have randomly have microphones backstage? Um, yeah. One of the one of the themes that that I noticed with WWE and in large part AEW too is that these these backstage segments they're it's like you're on a red carpet now. It's not a, you know there's the the either the the company background and and there's no more this grittiness and 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 just to me, a sense of believability with anything they do backstage. No. Um, after that, Alpha Academy came out. Um, I don't care to discuss Alpha Academy or what happened no. with the match. So uh, it ended up being Owens versus uh, Chad Gable. Um, I think Owens won, but then got beat up after the match. Nothing worth talking about, in my opinion, in that match. Brandon, if you want to chime in on this, because this is some of the newer stuff. You, if you want to chime in, feel free. Uh, the Kevin Owens and Chad Gable match. I don't have too much to say either. I can't say it was a bad match, but I don't really have. I didn't really care too much. Um, Judgment Day did a, a promo backstage, and why does Rhea Ripley look so small compared to um, Damian Priest and Finn Balor? I thought that woman was huge. Like well, she looks, she looks big next to Finn Balor, but she looks small next to um Damian Priest. Damian Priest is a lot taller than both of them. Yeah, so, um, and another, uh, another Finn more on the smaller side. Another thing I I take issue with, and I say issue kind of in quote to air quotes, but everything on Raw is so damn bright and shiny. Like, yeah, there's no grit. There's no grime. There's it's everything is so bright and shiny. Um, I will say, I, well, I'm, I mean, cut y'all run, but I will say, like from the early, those uh, the attitude era days of Raw, Raw looked like it was Raw, like for real, like the camera angles, even down to like the lighting and everything, and the backstage. It was real. It looked like real. It it looked real. It looked like it was kind of, it looked the presentation looked like okay, this is like a real like this folk the greediness that they're trying to portray off to me. They uh you know it, it, it came off and then over time as the set and I'm not I don't know about I know this is off subject, but I'm not a fan of the big sets. I wish they go back to the smaller ones because it makes it feel like more like a wrestling event to me, in my opinion. I don't need all the screens and all that. And I think that, that has a lot to do with it. And they make it all bright and shiny and all that, and I'm just like 
um, I don't know, it looked like you're going to a concert, you know? So Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, nah, this is wrestling. At least in the attitude area, it felt like you were going to a concert. Like, you knew it was wrestling. And right. now, the way they build everything, I'm like, it looked like you're going to a concert. Yeah, and that's yeah. how I feel. Like I don't, I don't feel like you. It, it necessarily has to go back to the days of where they only have a light over the ring. But you know, for all the LCD aprons, the LCD ring post, they, come on, man, that's that's too not, much. And I'm not saying like to go back to the days where you just basically walk out of a curtain and there was nothing. But I like some of the day. I like the days where it was. I, I mean, I'm a fan of the RAW letters. Yes, I'm a fan of. When it was just a, uh, I remember when Monday Night Raw just it had the screen and the little interest thing, and that was it. Like that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Like even with like some of the pay per view sets, how they just had it one screen and they just come on out. I like that because I'm like, okay, this felt like a wrestling event, but I don't need to see 52 million because I saw that they put the LEDs on the on the barricade. I'm like, why you put the LEDs on the barricade? <laughs> but what? So. Because we're running up on some time constraints here, I'm just going to fly through uh, the matches. Next, you had um, Aaliyah versus Bailey. Bailey won. Um, Miz and Champa came out. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure who won that match. I think um, Miz and Champa won. But one thing I noticed in the match is the, the one of the guys snatched one of the wrestlers from ringside. I don't understand how that wasn't a DQ. But anyway. Um, uh, let's see. Then you had Austin Theory came out. Um, I don't get the hype for Austin Theory myself. But I, I haven't either. been watching. Yeah, I, know. They, I don't know why they're pushing them so hard. <laughs> they aired uh, a couple of. The they aired a couple of uh, of hype videos for Reigns versus McIntyre. Um, I, I'm not interested in that match in the least because yeah, I don't I don't understand that either. That's what I'm I'm glad you brought it up because I don't I don't understand it. Yeah, they they've started and stopped with him him being McIntyre way too many times for me to care anything about him now. Right. They'll yeah, push him yeah. they'll push him to the moon and, and then they put him, you know, yeah. as the opening match. So yeah. and I don't know how does Sammy Zane get a line to the bloodline. Like what what, what are we doing? I'm still trying to figure that out too. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out. And I started having um, issues with my Wi-Fi around the time the the uh, main event came up. So I didn't even get to see that. I can't even remember who was in the main event. I think it was Damian Priest and uh, Damian Priest and Edge. Yeah, but I. I I remember him from NXT, so I, I, to be fair, I can't really give an opinion on him since he's been on Raw, but I know way too often they change guys up from uh, from NXT to to Raw. So yeah. now let's jump on over to the AEW program. Yeah, I want, I want to talk about this right here. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to say, I'm, I'm about to talk um, the show opened with Chris Jericho coming to the ring. Um, Chris, right? Chris Jericho is a heel, right? So I don't know. That, exactly, exactly. I don't, I don't think heels. I don't think people should sing along. If you were a heel, I don't think people should sing along to your theme song. I like the song, but I don't think that you people should but, be singing along but, to the song. In the end. But this is the thing right now, because I was because I'm listening to it 
And I'm like, now you're supposed to be a heel, but you criticizing the hitters in the ring right now. Right. So I'm trying yeah. to figure out well, what's going on. And, and that's that's what kills me. If you're supposed to be a heel, if the crowd started singing, if you're really a heel, you're going to tell them to cut the music and tell the fans to shut up. Um, he sits there and, and takes soaks it all in. I don't know how much of that is a is a Jericho ego thing or or what, but um, let's see. Uh, Brian Danielson came out, and then Danny Garcia came out, and then it just broke down into a whole lot of mess. Yeah, and I don't um, know why they're pushing that guy. Danny Garcia. Yeah, yeah. I I, I got to see more of him. I didn't know nothing about him until. What, a couple weeks ago, really? We had that yeah. match with Dave Bryan. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't either. And I'm like, and then they keep saying he's gonna be the next a, a future world champion. I'm like, what? What are y'all seeing this guy? Yeah, he hasn't been showcased in a way to where I'm like, okay, I can get behind him. Exactly. What, what are they seeing? Who? Danny Garcia? Daniel Garcia. Yeah. yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm all for trying to build up new talent because they've got to at some point. Um, but you you you're shoving this guy down people's throats, and nobody has told anybody anything about him. No. So it's like you, it's like you bring in 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 Kurt and I's, uh early fandom. That's like bringing out the fucking Mulkey brothers, and nobody knowing who they are, and they just push them to the top of the tag team division, and nobody ever talks about where they came from, who they are, and why they're wrestling. Um. So yeah, I didn't get that. I was disappointed by the the, the Dax Hardwood Jay Lethal match. Um, I was <laughs> I was actually really excited for this match. I thought it was going to be good, and it wasn't. Yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit of a letdown. And every time when Jr. said this is going to be a dandy, I'm like, okay, I might need to go ahead and watch. It. But yeah, it was kind of a letdown. Yeah, I, I I thought it was going to be a good wrestling match, and it it just wasn't. They, there was a lot of the spot where in wrestling where um, they do a lot of takedowns or switch moves or whatever, and then they stand up real quick and face each other at the same time, and the crowd claps. That's been done way too much. That I believe that shit started in ECW, and it, it was cool the first couple of times you've seen it, but now it's just, okay, What, what what's next? Yeah, that was those, um, uh, those Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko matches in ECW back in the day when those started. Yeah. And then the knife edge chops, the Ric Flair chops, everybody does that now. And it's like, it's for me, I don't know, man. It's just annoying to me. <laughs> um, Jay Lethal won that match with the dirty pin. Um, Thunder Rosa's vacating the women's title because he's injured. And, and what I don't understand, too, when they name an interim champion, why are they creating a whole nother belt? That's, that's something that I noticed with. Um, with Moxley and, and Punk. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that either. I mean, just with it, in my understanding of, of taking a title away from somebody while they're injured, the interim champion carried the, the belt. When, uh, well, you know, when, no, you know what, Ron? No, no. The UFC, they do it too. Do they? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I'll be 100% honest. I never noticed that. Yeah, they do. Why? Wow. They sure do. Yeah. I've never, that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, and, and what happened, uh, Brandon? You may be able to fill us in on this, or maybe Kurt. You know, but what happened with B 
Billy Gunn and his sons, why are they like fighting each other now? Um, basically, basically, it's one of those things where they feel like you know, the, the, the son, okay, dad's be rating the sons because the sons been losing matches, and they just have been doing stuff right, yeah, you know, dad's the vet, and the sons are basically learning, you know, whatever. And so they pretty much got tired of their dad shit. So we like, okay, we're going to go ahead and go off our own way. And then you got uh, 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 old Stokely over there walking up, giving people their cars and everything, trying to, I don't know. But, um, but yeah, they pretty much just got tired of their dad shit. Make a long story short. Gotcha, and gotcha. that's why they turned on. And I think I think we mentioned this when we did our uh, review of, of what it was, our good, bad, and ugly of StarCast. But Billy Gunn is 58. And still looks like he did in the Attitude Era, yep. if, if not better. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Um, but in this in this matchup, you knew Austin Gunn was going to win because it made absolutely no sense to have Billy go over when they're trying to build up his sons. Um, yeah. So that one, you knew what was going to happen. I was just waiting for the next match. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Which was unfortunately Britt Baker versus Kylan King. This match was horrible. To me, I fast forward. Um, I fast forward. Yeah, I I watched it because I couldn't fast forward, but yeah. but it was it was full of missed spots. It was it just wasn't good. Um, before I get to Punk and Moxley, why do run in uh run ins get music? Like what I what I mean is like when, well, that's, if that's some new when, school stuff right there because I don't remember stuff like that happening back in the day. Right. Because the whole point of a run-in is you're backstage, you see your homie getting jumped, you run out to help him. Why would somebody cue the music? To me, that ruins it for the fa- Now, the fans still pop, but if they don't see... Th- when you play the music, they start looking. If you'll notice now, uh, fans are trained that when somebody starts getting beat up, they don't watch what's going on in the ring. They turn no, their heads and wait for the music. To start. <laughs> yep. You know what? In my humble opinion, the only time I felt like that was really cool was when New Jack back in the ECW days that um um what's the I can't remember the name of the song, the little Dr. Dre song. When that would come on, it would play for like five minutes, and then he'll come out and everything. You know, he'll go in and destroy it. That's the only time I ever felt like that was cool because that was New Jack's thing. But other than that. Oh, yeah. and from and from watching the older product, I'm like, I can't, if, if it was more realistic when the person they coming out, and you see a little bit of it now when they coming in out the crowd and everybody start looking in the crowd. It's like, okay, somebody coming. You don't hear no music, no nothing. I don't. But you know, you, you want to keep a surprise element because it's like in the real world, if you know, if you in the middle of a fight, you jump in somebody and then you hear their theme music coming, like there's no surprise. There's like, okay, I'm, I think I need to go ahead and take off running because I don't want none of this guy with me or something. Yeah. There needs to be some element of surprise, in my opinion. But right, um, CM Punk and John Moxley. First and foremost, this being a a world championship match, I don't understand how this was not the main event. But that's just my opinion. Um, I'm a big CM Punk fan. I am not a fan at all of John Moxley. That said, this match was horrible. Um. I don't. I don't I know if they. in when I saw it in the middle of the show because I actually missed it because I was, I was doing something else, and I actually um, came back. I said, "Turn that message came and went just like that." Yeah, it was yeah. over in like five minutes. Like I don't know what the actual no, time it was, was, but it was it, it was less than that, and that's why I'm like, it was okay, like three minutes. Yeah, yeah I'm so like, I okay, wait a minute. How do y'all just let them beat CM Punk like that? 
And what's the point? Why, why y'all trying to hype him back up? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't, I, like I, I don't way. either, man. I feel like he was a way because I think he's probably more injured than what we think, and I feel like it was a way to get the belt off of him. They had to go and do it quickly. I think he's still hurt. I don't think he's all the way healed anyway. Yeah, so. but and, and, and you know what? If, if that's the case, that 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 might be the reason why, and that might be the only reason it made sense. But if he's not hurt, this, this was stupid as hell. Yes, it was. Yes, stupid as I hell. agree. But but to me, if they if they want to get the the belt off Punk, there, there's a couple of ways they could have did that that was way more interesting than what they did. Yeah. Um, you could have put the belt on. Daniel Bryan, you could have put the belt on any, I don't know who else in, in AEW that's, that's been interesting as a champion, but or here, here's an idea, just strip Punk of the belt. He can't yep. compete, so strip him of the belt. Yep. I he mean, with everybody else. I, I don't know. So the main event, though, was Death Triangle versus Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. Um, I don't even know what to say about this match because maybe this is a case of that match not translating too well on TV. Maybe it was better in person, but this match was nothing but a gymnastics ex exhibition. Well, you know so, what? That's how those guys perform. So I, I put them. I'm like, these are how, that's that's their thing. I thought it was. Uh, I, I was thoroughly entertained by it. Um, when I, I think they said Dave Meltzer rated that a five star match. I'm like, nah, I wouldn't go there. No, I thought. I Dave, Dave, I thought let me interrupt real quick. Dave Meltzer, for me, as as somebody who's read the Observer, if I talk right, Observer, um, maybe not faithfully, but for a while, he's lost all credibility for me because all he does is kisses AEW's ass. Yeah, I agree. It's very true. He will, will, he will not say anything bad about AEW. Yeah. He will trash WWE all day long. So I agree with that. Um, and for me, I just I just thought there was nothing special at all about this episode of Dynamite. Um, no, not at all. The, the, the only thing to me that's changed is that he signed a lot of, of ex-WWE people um, I will say this. I like the fact that it's not bright and flashy. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the, the show like is like, show. they're all over the place with this show. Um, booking to me makes no sense whatsoever. Storylines to me, everybody talks. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people talk about how much of a um, great storyteller type booker that Tony Khan is, and I don't see it at all. Like, so, um, yeah, I don't know what to say about about the show. It just wasn't very good to me. Because I, I don't, I look at Tony Khan as a, as a great booker at all. He, he put up, he put up a whole lot of. Basically, he's made a whole lot of dream matches. I call it, the, I call it the land of the dream matches. To be honest with you. You know, but as far as like storytelling and everything, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Sorry about that. I had some technical difficulties there, bro. Um, but yeah, I just 
and I don't, I honestly don't see, in my opinion, AEW getting any better. Um, no. Because they don't see, it, at least from my perspective as a fan, from the outside looking in, it's like they don't see what they're doing wrong. Right. They think what they're doing is right. They think it's the best thing that's ever happened to the wrestling business. And that's what's going to kill them. And it's not it's not they, it's Tony Khan. Right. Tony Khan, nobody, he doesn't have, he got a bunch of yes people around him that's not telling him the truth. Yep. I agree. So it's, it's, it's okay, but it could be a whole, a whole lot better. The amount of talent that they have on that roster and the mix of new talent and bits that they have on that roster, that show could be a whole lot better than what it is. Because, because it's now, now it's getting to the point, like I feel like I'm watching Monday Night Raw every week, and I'm like, I can't even sit, I can't even sit through the two hours of the AEW show anymore, unless maybe certain episodes here and there. But I'm like, this is, you know, it, it, it's not, it ain't, it ain't flowing well enough for me to actually really get my attention. Most of the time, if I sit through an AEW show, I'm trying to watch one or two matches. That's it. Where, where I got, where I got turned off of AEW was their very first double or nothing before the show started. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Moxley first showed up, that that show was terrible. Um, the the battle royal was, yeah. I mean, if you were doing it like WWE has done a gimmick battle royal before, they've done a manager battle royal. So I'm, I, silly battle royals are for as a fan are fine for me, but these people were were in a battle royal for a shot at the AEW title. And you and I, look, folks. I don't mean to sound harsh or whatever it's going to sound like, but you had a man with no legs in the match. Um, you Wait, had Michael <laughs> Michael Nakazawa or whatever his name is pouring baby oil all over himself. I don't and, even remember that. Yeah, it's this. It was horrible, Kurt. It was horrible, and um, it's the part of the problem with that is you're not. Most most fans aren't familiar with these people, so you're not telling anybody who anybody is. I mean, Excalibur will will pop up every now and again. That's so and so from so and so, but you don't tell us anything else. You don't tell anything. He's been a vet for this long. He's done this. He's done this. He's a formidable opponent. Nothing. They don't explain who these people are. Or, I'm gonna tell you something else I don't like about what AEW does, which I think is real stupid. Having shown everybody record, I think that's dumb as hell. Yes, because those days are. If it if it was, if it was 1986, where we only saw them on TV, say once every every other week or something. Because you know Magnum TA, for example, didn't wrestle every Saturday night. So if you saw him wrestle, you know, in a six month span, ten times, I could understand showing, you know, six or four or whatever, but. They're showing these unrealistic stats of 53 and nothing or whatever. Yeah. But, it's then when, but when I see a record of 25 and a 17, that means you suck. Yes. <laughs> yes. So why, so why, you, keep, so why you keep showing it? This thing team is like, see, you don't know if they're going to make the playoffs in that. <laughs> I mean, they, that, they, that, they, that's they, a dumb, that's just the dumbest yeah. shit in the world to me. I agree. And I, and, but the thing to me is, <clears throat> most fans, most casual fans, 
only know of Dynamite because it's the main show and it comes on in prime time during the middle of the week. So they know Dynamite. They see a guy that's got a record of, you know, 62 and 20. He's only wrestling once a week. How the hell did he get to 62 and 20? So this something I do know, and I don't know if either one of y'all watch. So this NW, this AW Dark, do y'all, have y'all watched that before? I've never watched it. No, I've never watched it. I so just, when, so when does it even come on? Because I know they're still doing it. Um, it it's on, it's on, on YouTube. Uh, That's all I know. I think it comes on on like a Saturday or a Sunday or something like that. Or it might be a Tuesday. Well, I don't know. It might be a Tuesday night. Because I remember they showed the shot with Britt Baker on AEW. They said, well, she was on AEW Dark like last night. So it might be on a Tuesday. Yeah, because I know they're definitely still doing it, but I just didn't know when or where. Right. It's, yeah. It basically, you know, AEW got me nothing but WCW Saturday night at the tail end of his run. Um, but I guess that's where they get a lot of the stats from. But I look at it like this. If you're going to put their win-loss record on there, there needs to be like a side show where you have like a ranking system or something. Because well, they, they do numbers, have a ranking numbers, system. But, but even I think even that's system. stupid. Right. Well, yeah. who knows? If they're going to go that way, I'm not personally talking about this is wrestling and not football. But I'm like, if you're going to do that, then I don't even know where to go look to see who, who like who's in the top ten or what. I don't either. Yeah, because see, it used to be back in the day there was a there was a flow of titles. Because if you were the Intercontinental Champion, you were next in line for that for that world title shot. If you were the right. U.S. Champion. And and or let me be, go back even further. In the NWA, if you were the television champ, you got a shot. You were the next person in line for the U.S. championship. And if you got the U.S. title, you were next in line for the world title shot. Um. So, but they don't do it like that anymore. So I don't know. I, I, yeah, the rankings, the records, all of that is useless to me because they they. When I say they, Cody, the Young Bucks. Kenny Omega, all of those guys, when they did that that uh, press conference to announce the show coming, they promised a more sports-based program, a return to the roots of wrestling. Everything that fans like Kurt and I, and, and yourself too, Brandon, everything that we've been waiting for. So I was, I was legitimately excited. Now, I shouldn't have been because I didn't like the Bucks and I didn't like Kenny Omega. Yeah, they all, all of them suck. But I, <laughs> but I was I was excited, and I agree with that actually. But I was excited because okay, cool, we're getting a return to wrestling. We're getting a return to what this shit is supposed to be, and I think that was part of the frustration with Cody. Even though Cody got on my nerves there towards the end, I think yeah. part of his frustration is he realized that. They weren't doing anything any different than than what he walked away from. But I so, also feel like another reason he left is that he was a he was booking with Tony Khan in the beginning. Then Tony took everything himself, and then Cody didn't have any control of, of that anymore. And that's one of the reasons he left. The biggest yeah. reason he left. Yeah, because I mean, I'm, and I'm sure I'm sure the Bucks feel this, and Omega feel this way too. But they seem to get their way a lot more with with Tony Khan than than uh, Cody seemed to, but it's like they came up with the idea and Tony Khan took over, but that's what you do when you bring in a, a multi-million dollar investor. Yeah, and the thing, that, so this is the thing about Cody, but I thought he did good in the beginning because everybody just knew he was going to be like the world champion and all that, 
and that never happened. Mm-hmm. And, and I better think he lost him. I think he did a good job of keeping his distance and not just putting himself there because everybody felt like, well, he the the VP, so he definitely gonna put the belt on himself, but he never did that. Yep. So that was a good thing. Kenny Omega did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that was long. And that's and another they thing. Made, man. They, they made him feel yeah, like he was just so invincible that he couldn't lose to nobody. And yes. they know his body fell apart on him. But yeah, those guys, over, the, yeah, I, 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 I never understood the fandom of the Young Bucks and why people like them so much. Those dudes suck. Yes. They can do super kick. <laughs> everybody does, and everybody does the super kick, and and everybody gets up. Everybody gets out of everything now. Yeah, it, it makes no sense to me. But no. yeah, I I I don't get the fascination with Omega. I don't get the fascination with the Bucks. Um. Omega is corny. He's boring. Um, it's I, I don't get it. Did you? Did either one of y'all listen to? I can't. I think it was one of Cornette's. Excuse me. I think it was one of Cornette's podcasts where they played the clip after the show where um, Kenny Omega addressed the fans. I did, and he he gave a pro at the end of his promo. He said. Basically, he said, you know, I, I guess, you know, maybe I should be mad at you guys because of all I have to go through talking about with physical therapy and all of that stuff. He said, but you're, but you're like cats. You piss all over the place. You shit all over the place. But how can you stay mad at a cat? And I'm like, what the fuck? Really? Who would, no, who yeah, would say that, that? Promo, that promo didn't make no goddamn sense. He said that? You yes. said it. I was like, and, what? And it's just, <laughs> it, 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 like his, like, I hate to sound like Cornette, but his voice annoys me. Yeah. Like, the dude, the dude has no formal wrestling training. I don't know how he got to where he is with no formal what wrestling training. And I just, I? I don't get the fascination with him. I don't either. Um, when he was in EG, that you know, when he was was it NJPW, New was it New Japan, or whatever? I, yeah, I, 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 I caught one of the Wrestle Kingdoms he was on. I was like, okay, well, let me go and take a look at this or whatever. But I didn't see like what the big deal was. I'm like, he's just a regular old wrestler to me, you know. Um, the buck, the best thing the Bucks can do is a super kick, which everybody kicks out of. So, like, okay, so. Um, I I just don't I just don't see it, and I just don't feel like you know you should go out and ba- because basically you're telling the fans like you know I'm coming out because y'all basically begged me to come back, but if you know I really I don't really like y'all like that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying that's basically what he said, and they and they actually cheered when he said that, and I'm like, did y'all realize what he just said? Like basically, he was like, fuck y'all, you know, I'm coming back in spite of y'all. A lot, of, a lot of times when the younger fans hear fans like Kurt and myself say that <clears throat> we don't like the new stuff, it's they make them, in my opinion, they make the mistake of thinking that we want a we want a match of headlock, headlock, drop kick, headlock, body slam, leg drop, pin, and that's not right. what we're looking for. All I want is wrestling. I want I want guys. When a guy throws a punch, 
the guy that's supposed to take it knows how to move his head. I want you, I want it to look like a fight. Right. And the reality is, if somebody gives me a Canadian destroyer off the top rope, I should not be able to get up from that. I should be leaving the arena in an ambulance. Um, Jim Ross, and this is one of the reasons why I listen to, um, not, not trying to plug anybody, but I listen to uh, Jim Ross's podcast a lot because he talks about that. Especially when he had that old podcast, he talked about that a lot. He was like, if you get on the top rope and you put somebody in the head 10 times, that's supposed to leave a mark. You're supposed to be knocked out or something because how many of us, you standing on top of somebody and somebody's punching you full force in the head on the top rope, how many of us is going to get up and walk away from that no matter how hard your head is? You know? So, I mean, I, I think that's a big part of the problem. I mean, the right. younger fans who grew up watching this, right, they love it. But for for the lifelong wrestling fans, we hate it. Yep. I mean, it's, there's there's nothing like like if you go up to the if you go to the top rope fifteen times in one match, then there's nothing special about you right. going to the it top mean, rope anymore. It, it don't mean nothing. Yeah. What did what did Jim what did Jim Cornette say? If if you've got a roster full of giants, then nobody's a giant. And that's kind of what I what I say about going to the top rope and stuff. If right. if everybody's doing it. Then nothing is special. Um, kind of like playing the music when somebody runs out. It, there's no spontaneity there. There's no, you know, surprise element there. Um, right. So it, it's you condition fans to expect a paint by numbers match. Um, I just recently found that. Well, I say recently. It's been within the last few years. Found out. I didn't know that Macho Man. Like to go over his matches with his opponents before the match. Yeah, yeah. But back oh, in the, the back in the day, a story with him and uh, Ricky Steamboat. They literally mapped out every single move. It was like almost a hundred. They mapped it out meticulously right before that WrestleMania match. I heard the story about it. Yeah, yeah. and they were basically yeah. saying that Macho Man wrote the whole match out. Like, like this yep. is what we gonna do. Yeah, but but it, Ricky it, the same still has it and recited the entire match word for word, move by yeah. Word. But yeah. at the same time, while he was doing that, say in the, in the mid to late 80s, early 90s, they were still in the locker room doing that. They weren't out in the arena running through the match in the ring before everything happened. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it's nothing. It's just not the same to me. Um, no, not every, everything like is Everything is, okay, when I do this, you do this, and there's no smooth transition from one to the other. It's a all right, I do a drop kick, you stand there, I do the drop kick, you jump back up and then do a drop kick on me. And it's there's no smooth transition, there's no flow to it, it's just paint by numbers, right? I also don't like the fact that people kick out of full finishes. I don't like it, man. I feel like I feel like if you're that's your finisher, that's your move, like even if it is the old Jake the Snake DDT. Nobody kicked out of that DDT. Nobody no. kicked out of that Arn Anderson spine buster. Yeah. Nobody kicked out of that Stone Cold Stunner. Nobody kicked out of that people's elbows. Nobody kicked out of that pedigree and so on and so on. Yeah. If that's and your I, finishing move. That's and your I think the only, move. Absolutely. And I think the only time that that should happen, it, it got to be a a, trip, a a very big, big match for that to happen. Right. Yes. It got to be like yes. it, it can't be, be, it, it can be every match. You're kicking out of everything. Right. 
It's gotta yeah, be it's and, gotta be a WrestleMania or a Royal Rumble or something. Yeah, it's be a very huge match. And, and, and I agree. Because if you if you do it again, if you do it 15 times every match, then it doesn't matter. A fan, nope. a fan, the, the the excitement you get from a from a from a a kick out is gone. Like, yeah, yeah fans will be like, what? If you'll notice, fans even count along with it now. One, two, and then they kick out. Yeah. And it's uh-huh. always a two count. Because how do you hit your finisher on somebody four times and they kick out? Right. And, and nobody's like you just supposed said, to though, kick out. If you nobody's do. Nobody's supposed to kick out of the F5. You know what I'm saying? What? Nobody is supposed to kick out of the F5 at all. Nobody. Come on, man. Yeah. And, and it's like you said. If they do... It needs to be on a big show, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, or for AEW, Double or Nothing, or whatever their their uh, main pay per view is. It needs to be in a big moment, and so the the announcers can really sell it. It's like, oh my God, nobody's ever kicked out of this. Yep. Now it's like, okay, you hit me with two super two super kicks, a DDT, and a brainbuster off the top rope, and I still kicked out at two. Yeah. I hear you kick out of a brain brush off the top road through the, through a table. And yeah, this is jump right on you and you kick out at two and a half. I mean, yeah. So it, <laughs> at that point to me, it, it gets, as a fan, it gets to the point of absurdity. Now that's where I'm ashamed to be a fan because people look at it and go, how can you believe this? Not even that yeah. I, I haven't believed in terms of like thinking shit was real. But just Since make I me, was make me young. think it's real, though. Make me think it's real. Right. right. And, and that goes back to the movie analogy I use. My favorite movie of all time is The Godfather Part Two. If, if Al Pacino did something in that movie that ruined the entire movie, well, then I would hate that fucking movie. But there's nothing beyond the realm of believability when I watch that movie because those actors are so committed to those roles that they do a great job in those roles. Uh-huh. And so for these these new age wrestlers who say we're just entertainers, okay, that's cool. If you want to call yourself an entertainer, cool. Because at the end of the day, you are. But at least when you come when you go into that role, um, and I'll use Kenny Omega as an example. When and I can't, I can't remember, remember his real name at the moment, but when, when that dude goes into the character of Kenny Omega, then he needs to be fully committed to making his action in the ring look as believable as possible. And so when I watch today and I see, like we were just talking about, people kicking out of everything, like I, it's not interesting to me because I know the formula of the match, I know what's going to happen. That's like when I when I talked about the the Billy Gunn match um, against his son earlier. One of the notes I had written down was, I knew Austin Gunn was going to win because that's the formula of the match. Yep. I knew what was going to happen throughout that match. I knew that Austin was going to win. I knew there was going to be interference, and so there's nothing for me to be excited for. Like when I hear pay per views coming up. Or now premium live events or whatever WWE is called. That's the name of it. I can't remember. <laughs> um, like I don't look forward to anything. Back in the day, I used to look forward to to seeing 
the pay-per-views to see what was going to happen. You know, Mick Foley versus The Undertaker. Sure, they faced off on Raw a couple of times, but at the pay-per-view, there was there was it was the payoff. Right. Now you don't have payoffs. You just have the same matches that you have on TV, especially for AEW, because AEW will throw a gimmick on every damn thing. Yeah. So, hey, I ain't gonna lie. I used to watch the pay per views to see what the stages looked like too. I think that made pay per views still even more special as well. Yeah, it's just, it was always it was a different stage. It was a different stage, and it was according to the theme and everything. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. Like you know, I just feel like you know. The product will be a whole lot better when they start to do things that actually mean something. Because when when it get to a point where I can predict, I can I can literally sit back and predict matches now. And I'm like, yes. am I, have I have I, like have I been watching this too long? <laughs> or, now let's know, do this. Let's let's get ready to wrap it up. Um, give our I kind of want to do something like this, and maybe I should have brought this up earlier, um, off off the show. But what I'd like to do at the end of each show for each of us to kind of give our final thoughts for the show or whatever. Um, it could be about what we talked about. It could be about a particular show, particular match that we saw that week, whatever, but just kind of our, our final thoughts. Um, and I'll, I'll kick it since it was my idea. I'll, and we don't know how this is going to go. I'll kick it off with mine. But um, my final thought is that um, I've never worked in the wrestling industry. Being a fan doesn't make me an expert. So for anybody that listens to this show, I don't want you all to think that I think booking a show, promoting a show, or being a wrestler uh, in general is easy. I don't. I just know as a fan what I like to see, and I know as a fan what would bring, or I think I, I feel like I know as a fan what would bring more people to the television. Because the ratings that they're drawing now are way down from what they used to be. And so I don't want anybody to think of anything I say here is like, I'm a know-it-all. I'm not. I've never booked a show. I've never promoted a show. I've never been a wrestler. But I've been a fan my whole life, and I know what I like to see. So that's the, that's the type of things, when I talk about stuff, that's where I'm coming from. When I talk about Kenny Omega and, and, and the moves not looking good or people kicking out of everything, I'm relating what I know as a fan and what I, I used to love to watch, I went from, my fandom went from when I traveled for, for work, I would stop at a hotel. And if the hotel did not have both USA and TNT, I would go and find another hotel. And I recorded both of those shows at home. So I would go back during the week and rewatch Raw, rewatch Nitro to see whatever. It's going from that type of fandom to now I don't care if I see Monday Night Raw or AEW Dynamite. And it's because of what the, what the, the type of product they're putting out. So bottom line, my final thought is um, I don't think promoting or, or running a wrestling organization or being a wrestler is easy. I just know what I like as a fan. Right. And that's fair. We all have our opinion and we just know Right now, this is not what we're used to, and it, it could be a lot better. It could be a lot better. Yeah, I agree. I, I think like people, have, I think people oh, have just big egos on what – this is my opinion. I think people have their opinion on egos on what they think people want to see, and that's not what people want to see. That's what you want to see. 
Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, my sentiments is pretty much the same as Kurt. Like I was just about to say, um, you know, I feel like that the promoters and everything should really listen to the fans because a lot of us. I think that a lot of us uh, kind of fell in love with wrestling, especially, you know, those we 30 and over. We fell in love with wrestling for there's a specific reason. And I think that I can say for the three of us, um, we fell in love with wrestling because of the realism, the action, and it just made you feel something. And right now, the wrestling product just don't make you really feel anything. Every once in a while, you get that lightning in the bottle where it makes you feel something. But... It's like you know now. It's like it's just, just it's just the root. It's just the same routine every week, and I feel like you know, during, especially during the Monday Night Wars era, it's like you had to literally tune in every single week because you didn't know what was going to happen. Uh-huh. And I wish, mm-hmm. I wish that that we don't need to do all the risque stuff and everything. But I want to be able to turn on wrestling, and I want to be able to watch a wrestling show. And be like, okay, I need to make sure I watch this show next week. Not tomorrow, but next week to see what happens because I'm, I want to see what's, what's going to happen next. How's how Stone Cold going to foil Vince McMahon? Or how's Vince McMahon going to get back at Stone Cold? Yeah. And that, that yeah, used to be that, that's what I mean. ONWA right. on, uh, on 605 back in the 80s. That's how it was. You were like, I can't wait till Saturday to see what's going to happen. Right. And see, that, that, leads to a very good point. I think it's something maybe that we could pick up on the next episode. Um, how how wrestling used to work. The live shows, or not the live shows, rather, the television product was used to sell the live shows. Correct. The, right. the, 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 the 605, for instance, was an infomercial, if you will, for the live shows. And then they built to, but in the age of the pay-per-views, they built towards the pay-per-view. And, uh-huh. and the fights paid off at the pay-per-view. Yep. Now, you don't have that anymore. You have no, effectively, I don't, I, I don't think either one of the, the top two are running house shows. But there's, your money is made off putting big matches on TV now. So there's there's nothing to look forward to, like you just said. There's nothing to look forward to the next week because you've seen everything, basically. Yeah. Yep. There's no build to the pay-per-view. There's no payoff because AEW is really bad about this. They'll throw in a cage match on a Wednesday night and give it – they gave away Moxley and Punk for free. Oh, yeah. And that's how I do. I was like, it must be something going on because that was supposed to have been on the pay-per-view next week. And so I'm like, it must be something going on for them to put that match on TV. It's like it's not a hole in the Goldberg. Like it must be something going on for them to put that on TV and then for it to go the way that it went. So and hopefully right. you're right because that match on Wednesday made no sense at all. None. 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 So well, fellas, this, this episode was uh was good. I enjoyed it. Um I like talking shop with fellow fans, and I can't wait to the next one. And folks, this is the relaunch. Um we kind of went all over the place with this one. We'll get more structured as time goes on. We'll learn what to do, what not to do, and, and so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. stick with us. And, uh, fellas, I can't wait to do this again next week. All right. Let, let's, let, let's talk again this, this weekend before uh, before Monday. Yes, sir. We will. All right. Yes, sir. All, all right, right gentlemen. Y'all Bye. take care. And everybody out there listening, y'all have a good one.
Have a good weekend. All right, have a good weekend, everybody. Bye.